Shabbat Shalom. Today is the Sabbath. Johannes Shalom. Grace and peace to you from God the Father through Jesus Christ taught by the Holy Spirit. Today is Saturday, February 12th in the year of our Lord 2022. It's around 1223. Mainly be a sermon on fathers Moses making it to the Jordan what the point of the Jordan was how the behemoth swallows it up that is the one that God made next to you the reborn it is the point of fathers to remember this day to speak covenants because man can be swept up along the business and the work and the toil. And women will coax him to sleep and lure him in. This is a huge working part of women. It's funny because God literally has made them perfect for the trial of men. This is exhibited throughout the scriptures like with the beheading of John the Baptist by the woman and the Herod. Herod means hero's song. Herod the king turned it into a false hero's song. But we'll get there. So we'll begin with a story and the difference between mothers and fathers, husbands and wives. It's a story about David Joab, the father role, and pity. When making a comment about the pity of the father, Joab goes to correct David. And he says, no, David, the mother has the pity. She's the one that loves the most. David says, no, Joab, it's the father who has pity. You should go looking more into family affairs. So Joab goes on a great journey. He goes and he finds a father of age who has 12 sons, one wife. And he asks to stay with them as a traveler and they take him in. And every night that he's there, he sees the father lay out the food, gives the piece to Joab first, and then the sons, or the mother, and then the sons and then himself last every time. He does this every night and they have just enough to eat. Joab, after a few days, calls him out and he says, hey, old man, he says, sell me one of your sons for a hundred gold pieces. He says, so you and your family can live well off the rest of your lives. He says, no, Joab. Better me and my family stay together and poor than for us to sell one and live well off. Well, next night, old man goes to distribute the meal and he sees Joab isn't there anymore. And he sees one of his son is gone and he knows what the mother has just done. So he sets the food out, the mother first, still, 
delivers it to the mother first and then dishes out the sons and he leaves his plate empty but he puts a stead on his missing son's plate and when he gets to him he leaves it empty he dishes out all the food that old man then grabs his stuff walks outside that house and he starts to go where he thinks Joab might be with his son whom he has bought from his wife for a hundred gold pieces as a slave. Now, as the father's catching ground to Joab, he sees him trailing behind him. He's on a horse, a mule. And the old man says, Joab! He goes, what do you want, old man? You should probably head back home. You've come for nothing. He says, Joab, give me my son. They're still a far distance away. He says, no, Joab, give me my son. So he closes the gap a little bit more. He gets a closer and closer. Keeps hollering out, Joab, give me my son. Joab keeps responding, it's not your son anymore, old man. I bought him fair and square. He's my slave. It was Joab, give me my son. Finally, Joab asked him when he gets close enough, oh man, you think you could take me? If you know anything about Joab, you know anything about David, you would know they're valiant warriors, well to do in combat. All of Israel knows this. Surely the old man does, having 12 sons. Tells him, Joab, give me my son. Says, old man, you think you could kill me? You think you'll live from this? He goes, that's not the point, Joab. The point is, you'll give me my son, and he'll be dining with his brothers before nightfall. Says, oh man, look at you. You know me. I'm a man of war. Get on now. This is my slave and no longer your son. Says, Joab, give me my son. Finally, the old man stops and he goes, old man, I'll kill you. The old man looks at him and he goes, Joab, my son's going home. Whether I do or not is not my concern at all. So Joab realizes what he's dealing with. If you've ever been trained in combat arms or you know anybody that knows anything about fighting, well, if you run into a man that is determined to do one thing and one thing only, and that man will give his life instead to do that one thing and cares not for his safety at all, most likely he is going to achieve that one thing. If his life is of no concern and all his energy is spent to this, more than likely he'll do it. He didn't care to live. He only cared to get his son home. That meant he would have killed Joab no matter what. Joab knows what this is. Joab is a man of battle. Joab knows that when most men fight, they fight to keep their life. But when they fight to give their life, no matter who they are, they become a formidable opponent. This is why God requires a life offering from his followers and servants on his 
altar of truth. So Joab looks at him and he goes, oh man, you would give your life, your life for one son rather than go live richly. He says, Joab, I told you in the beginning, it's better for my family to be together in poverty than it is for us to dwell selling one out well off. He will be with his brothers. His brothers will be with him. And they'll be with their mother. Goes, all right, old man. All right, give me my gold. So the old man throws him the gold. 100 gold pieces. Kicks the slave boy off of the mule. Tells him to go home to his father. He throws the old man 50 gold pieces. And he says, you can thank your King David for that old man, for he knows much about family affairs. The father is the more pitiful. The reason for this is clear. Why God gave the man more pity. It's because the mother dies for them. And so by her life offering dying for the child, she doesn't owe you. You owe her. You could never repay her. You could never repay the father. And all he did was, well, you know, sought a minute of pleasure. And you can't even repay him as a child. How much more your mother can you not? It's also the reason she has authority over the sons. She literally rules them. Now, the reason the scriptures say sons is because the sons, the brothers, will die for the sisters. I've never seen a brother be like, sister, go fight that for me. It's always the brothers that guard the sister. So the husbands, the fathers, the brothers, the sons, they have authority over the wives, the mothers, the sisters, the daughters. The reason for this is because they die for them. If you know anything about troop movement, survival and combat, you must understand that the one that will die for you, the one that lays down their life, gets to move you around. The reason for this is because they're going to be the ones that die for you. All troop leading is usually done by this. Back in the day when they made rank in an army, it was because of the valiancy, the, heroiz the heroism of the servants. So when soldiers would fight in combat and one would do a valiant act, lay down his life, show courage, they would promote him. This is how all promotions used to be done. And thus, they wouldn't get to command anyone that they didn't die for. You'll notice all godly men in the scriptures that go to kill by God's order first have to die for them. Joshua goes into the land of Canaan as a spot. Well, that's him dying for them. He goes in knowing that he'll probably die. Therefore, he goes in to let them kill him. Therefore, then God hands them their life. You'll notice this is 
Same with Moses. He would die for his people. He suffers for them. And thus he can give the command to slay them. You notice it's the same for Jesus Christ. He dies for his bride, now he rules over. This is what God means when he puts the husband above the wife. He's to cover her. He's to bring her blameless, flawless. Well, when the mother dies for you, she grows cold as life goes on. It's perfect for the testing of fidelity, of man, of the human. As you well know, without blood, there is no remission of sin. Therefore, the mother shedding blood for the child, she cannot sin against it. She has paid the price. She has covered him in blood, life offering. Therefore, her authority over them, even to kill them, is absolute according to the laws of nature and nature's God entitle her. Everyone else just has an opinion and no blood. This is the dragon's flood, the opinion to roll over the mother to try to take the children. This is when the sons of men increase their idols and their puffed up arrogance, their works, they think they've done some shit. God is laughing at them the entire time. For as they go to rule over the children, over the mother, that which God has established by their works, they think they're greater. Yet in all their works, they shed no blood. They give no life offering. They bear no suffering. And all they've done is obedience to other men. What I just said to you was they were slaves to men. They boasted in it as though it was something to be proud of. To God, it is odious. For they do nothing of honor, of valor, of glory, or of fidelity, of freedom. This is what happens in every nation in the world. It's what happens with Abraham when he goes to sacrifice Isaac? God takes Sarah to heaven. She dies on her own looking for them. Then gives his lineage, his brothers, his sisters, his wives, those whom he sent out, parted who? Well, that lineage is a story. And that story goes like this. There's a rebirth. A nation reaches the point of the adulterous, ungrateful, vile generation. Them that wipe their mouth like an adulterous whore 
and says she comes from nowhere. She's paid her vows and she owes nothing. When this generation pops up on the nation, like we have today, this generation calls the wrath of God down because they do like the dragon, the devil, and they go to chase the woman with her child to rule over it as though they are greater than God who has bestowed that child to the mother. And they go to rule it with their opinions. Now God makes the idolatry and the opinion so clear because the mother gives her life, you see. And so all they have is the work of their hands and their opinions. They have no blood life offered. But without blood, without life, you're in sin. So God paints it this way. Well, when the nations are reborn, this is Moses that comes down from heaven. You would know this as your revolution. Well, Israel knew it as Mount Zion, going to the Jordan. This is why Moses is at the Mount of Transfiguration. For these are the transfigurations of nations, the rainbow. And if you know anything about nations, you know they are people. For Mount Zion, the nation, the rainbow, is Jerusalem, the marriage, the union, by vow, by vow, by oath, by God. Well, the same God of your marriage is the same God of your nation. Same God of your nation is the same God of your founders, your saints, your apostles. That same God is the God of your Christ. That same God is the God of your prophets. That same God is the God of your patriarchs. And that same God is the God of Noah and Enoch, Abel, Adam as the God creator of all creations. Now, as people increase, they begin to grow in pride from the blessings. It's one of the weirdest things man encounters. It's talking of in the, in the proverbials, in the proverbs, as Lord, don't give me so much that I forget you. Lord, give me not too little or unless I steal and I blaspheme your name. What it means is keep me on the edge where I'm grateful to you. For abundance, storehouse, wealth, these are things that can deceive a man into thinking he is something when he is nothing. Worse, it makes him more satanic than normal. It says, the man who thinks he can provide for himself as though his money is to be trusted, as though kingdoms are not translated, as though God is not in control. These that consider work, life, have fallen under a spell of ignorance. 
Every man falls under this spell that I ever knew. I've only heard a few that have not. We need not concern ourselves with them. Those are usually brought from religious orders that don't even exist today. But every man wakes up in this Egypt enchantment. When they come from Moses, the fathers who suffered through everything to get them free, like Moses, spent his whole life struggling through the oppressions, answering to God to get his people free, and he doesn't even get to cross. He only gets to watch his sons cross. That's what God meant by it. It's what our founders did for us. It's what we are to do for our sons all the day. But we fall asleep. We become enchanted. Well, this, this is why. Because you have to be tested. Solomon told you, the works of the Lord our God are set steady, steadfast. And he tries the hearts and minds and the souls of all of his creation. He proves to you what you are and what you want. He reveals your heart to you. This is just the way that it is. God is looking for particular people in particular ways. Well, this is why the nations have to come up, why they have to have the rainbow effect. Now, God used to do this on a global scale, you see, but that global scale was only to show us how coward and how easily we will sell out, even globally. You can see by the works of our hands today how we do not do the Bill of Rights covenant, how we do not the Ten Commands, how we're not teaching our sons to be faithful, and how we promote adultery, divorce, and jail and prison, Wizard of Oz degrees, the list goes on and on. We pay our own servant cops to be trolls, to make us pay tolls to them far away. You can see our failure and the points of God nationally. And this in a nation that has a constitution and declaration, covenant to God. I mean, we have proof of our God in our freedom. And you see how easily we lose it? Well, that tells you why God doesn't do it globally. That's why he made the rainbow. That's why he broke us down into nations. So that way he wouldn't have to come down and kill the whole world again. He'll just do you by nation. Well, every nation has been doing this from the beginning since after the flood. A lot of people don't pay attention. A lot of people never cared to ask. Well, these are the people that never cared to answer to their fathers in their nation, to the Father. And you know you have one that is not faithful. 
if they're not answering with the words of their fathers of the nation. For if they're not hearing their words, whose words do they hear? If they don't do the words of their fathers that got them here, whose words do they do? And why? Exactly. They'll do anybody's words. Anybody that wants to rob them, oppress them, build prisons. And this is again why God does it by nation. For God is going to answer to your faithful fathers that answered like Moses. Now, when I speak of the Mount of Transfiguration, you'll see Elijah, Enoch, John the Baptist, they're one and the same, is there with Moses. Moses is the start of a nation. Elijah is the repentant work father. Good answer to everybody. Move back, correct yourself. And if you don't, your nation dies. Elijah, Enoch, John the Baptist, they're all one and the same. They, their mantle always has the same bearing. Kindergarten class. They do the basic truth, the marriage, the roots. They take you back. They make you answer to a standard for love and peace have a standard. Those standards are faithful. Those standards are no adultery, no idolatry. You'll notice this is the same mantle Jeremiah bore, Isaiah bore. You'll notice this throughout many of them as they came through in nations. This is what was told to the Babylonian Empire when what was written on their wall is English. And English wasn't even a language. If you know the story, the story goes three Babylonian kings. The first one was like Moses. He began the laws, made covenant with God, and he was established, faithful to God, died in this rest, is in heaven. Same servants of God that tore down Israel. The second Babylonian king, well, he went off on his own way, but was corrected in the Elijah way. Therefore, he relearned the covenant, he went back to the roots, and he saved his empire. The third one did not give a shit to move to correction. So God, one night in his feasting, took his kingdom and all that he had, destroyed the Babylonian empire in a night. But before he did, there was a hand that appeared with finger and he wrote on the wall, Meanie, meanie, take call in far sin. That's the Hebrew. It translates to English. Meanie, 
meaning take all in for sin. That's Hebrew. Thousands of years ago. How is that possible? God. 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 Well, they didn't know what these things meant. So they hunt down the advisor to the first king. Still alive, his name is Daniel. He's a servant of God Almighty. He tells the king, you don't want my advice, king. For like I told your father, I'm going to answer true, whether you like it or not. I serve God above all. He tells him he wants it. He tells him no matter what it is, he wants it. Well, that translation is the same as we have today. It's simply this. Literally, same we have for today, for the writing is on the wall. You have many people taking all, and they are in far sin. You knew, O king, you knew, sends Daniel, that your father, that got you this country, that got you here, was in covenant to the almighty God of all the earth. And you knew that he made a contract in this covenant to do right, to make a free people, an established people, to not rob them, but to guide them and their families to God, to be free, to learn wisdom, that was Babylon's first goal. That's why degree universities are nothing but Babylon today. They're a perversion of what it was. For you can't get it by men's wisdom. But God would answer this at the end. That's the Babylonian horde, the idolatrous degree, decree. God kings by idol purchase is what Babylon is today. It's what led to the dark ages with the Pope it's the secret order religion. Like they have something that you have to pay them to get as though it's not free from God. Therefore, they funnel you down a gold brick road to pay the Wizard of Oz. Well, as he told the king, Babylon, he said, you knew your father, Nebuchadnezzar. You knew he was in covenant. You knew. It was to do righteousness. And you knew that your father, his son, your father, went to break that covenant and was corrected. And you knew he was turned to an ass to eat in the field for seven years because he thought he could exalt the throne of God who established this kingdom. And you knew this. You knew that he repented and did right. And then you, you decided to drink from all the golden vessels taken from the house of Israel. And you knew these golden vessels were from this God that your fathers were in covenant with. Those golden vessels translate 
to your court system, your judges, your cops, your presidents, your offices, your preachers. They translate to your Bill of Rights, to your freedoms. They're what also known as the oaks and the shadows thereof. They're the roots established by God through faithful fathers giving their life, shedding their blood on the earth for you who weren't even born yet. He tells him, he says, you drank from these in mocking procedures. You laughed, you mocked, you scourged, you banded together with others to rob your people, break your covenant, and you would not be corrected in your ways. And so God has written you a message on this wall. And this is what it reads. Meanie, meanie, take all in far sin. Now, I don't know if you know kindergarten class, but the first rule of the past is you have to tell the truth and share. Well, if you know anything about the secret occults, their number one rule is lie, lie, lie. Kindergarten. They deny the air in front of their face. So they coagulate. They just lie. They do kindergarten school level things. That's why it says meanie, meanie. Because they're being basic kids. The only way for this to go by is when men won't be men. They won't put down their foot stand up and put them in their kindergarten place. They will say things like, well, I know that's your constitutional right, but I'm a cop and I don't care. Or I don't know what you're saying. You must be crazy. You need to go see the doctor. And they just continue doing their evil all the way through. These are idolaters, fornicators, adulterers, custodials. They literally snag your kids away to teach them to disobey the commands of God and all they were taught their entire life to obey and honor their mother and father. To do this to a kid is to drink from the golden vessels and then mock God. As though you can beat God. As though you could be a better mother than the mother as though you could be a better father than the father. And all you have is your tin horns and your dragon beastly head. Your tin horns and your tin fingers, the works of your hands, you think are greater than what God has done. They are not. You destroy beautifully formalities, legalities, using these oaks and these shadows in wicked ways. Well, as he translates what that means, it means you have been weighed, you have been measured, and you have been found wanting. How could he be found wanting? He had everything he wanted. He took it all. Exactly. 
His wanting and his measuring are off to be weighed. If you're not submerged, if you're not baptized, you don't weigh enough. The Lord loves a fair and just balance and a unbalanced way is displeasing to God. Let me show you how God balances. You want to rule over the kid. So you have you, and then you have the mother. Now, God puts on that balance the kid to the mother, and that's heavy weight. It outweighs you. Do you understand? This is what God speaks on by a just and fair balanced weight. This is what the dragon comes to destroy in Revelation. You could take the whole of the nation on one, on one way scale and put the mother on the other. Now, who does God give that kid to? The mother. And therefore, anybody going to overrule this is in an unjust, unbalanced weight. Proverbs 11, 1. Or 11, 2, right around there. Literally, this is what he means. You've been taking the kids from the mothers. To prove that this is always done, read Exodus 1, where they chased the children down to slay them. That's why Moses' mother has to send him down the river. You know why Moses' father is never mentioned? Because you're not to talk bad about your father. Get it? So in order not to slander his father, he doesn't mention him at all. Because his father is not. That's why God takes the name from the fathers. You only get one father. One father, Lord God. But Abraham is a father. Yes, he is a father. He is the father of our faith. Why does he get a name, man? Because he served the one Lord God Father as a faithful father, making brothers fathers and establishing them. They're such. Most fathers won't do this. Most fathers will bind your hands with pretend offense, stupid shit. F your kids. Play with your wife, rob your house. This is the world you have been found in. This is where you must wake up. Every man is found binding the hands of his brother. God catches us all as a thief. That's why he says, I come like a thief in the night, because we are thieves. Liars and cowards, supplanters. We all drink from the golden vessels. We're all found this way. We're all found judging our fathers. Never to do that. Yet we're all found speaking against them. You'll find it's our mothers that teach us to do this. No, mother does it. Whether you do it or not is up to you. 
Mama's allowed to talk against Daddy. Should she? No. But is she allowed? Yes. They're equal on the same plane. You are under their plane. You come after. You cannot excel to be equal. If you go to speak against your father, to take sides in any wise against him, you're in sin. For your father is you, and you are your father's sons, good and bad, all the way. That's why God doesn't allot you any room. For the father must make choices you do not know. It's why Reuben is counted of his curse, his blessing as not allowed to prosper because he excelled to his father's couch. That is, he took his mother's side against Jacob, popped off at the mouth and said, you shouldn't be allotting her, you should be allotting my mom. He's not allowed to do that. Whether he's right or wrong is not for anybody to decide but the father because the father is the one that will burn in hell for it. The mothers are going home. A lot of men aren't going to like this for the stuff that the woman has done. But you should have listened to your fathers when they told you the account of Eve and Adam. You should have listened to your fathers when they told you of Christ and his bride, and how you are offered in. For you have done many atrocious things, yet he stands there bringing you blameless, because you're a bride. And he expects you to do the same thing. Nay, he demands, he commands you to do the same. You'll find Jezebel, one of the worst reputation women in the world. You'll find her hands, her feet, and her head remain. You'll find those are key points for the crucifixion. Why? Because a woman does not have hands. She does not have feet. She does not have a head if she is married. If she has a father. For no evil can be done without the men. You remember Herod and John the Baptist. It was the woman that requested the man, give me the head of John the Baptist. She couldn't go get it. You understand? That means every wicked thing done by a woman, the man must surrender his hands, his feet, and his head to that woman. This is the bracers, the signet, and the staff that Judah 
gives Tamar to sleep with her as a whore. This is every time you act outside of your marriage, you're counted as sleeping with your daughters and making them whores according to God. God demands absolute fidelity from his men and he'll have it. No matter what the correcting chastising pains is, this is what he will bring out of you if you are to be in his kingdom eternal. Jezebel is said of, bury her for she is the daughter of a king. Jezebel, do you understand she slayed God's prophets? Do you understand that when men do what Jezebel does, they smash their bones to dust, they burn them to ash, and then they take them to the border and throw them out of their country. They erase their names. But when Jezebel does it, bury her, for she is the daughter of a king. That's for every daughter on this planet. What you thought was wrong. You thought, how could God not help the starving children? How could he not do this? How could he not help them in need? You will find on the day of revealing, you knew nothing of righteousness. And he bested you by far. You will find all the children in heaven for a glorious eternal life. And you will find all women covered like a father covers a daughter. And you will find his demanding, commanding expectation of man is wholly righteous. And any man not entering as such will be thrown into hell. Sons become fathers. That's why he demands it of us. A woman can do this who doesn't choose to be married. She can choose to take this role. But even they don't call women to war. Even they don't blame wives. They look for the men. On judgment day and the day of revealing, you're going to find what you thought of God was far off. You're going to find he is the only righteous and that you were never close. For what you accounted as death, he accounted as a passing through. What you accounted as pain, he accounted as chastisement for an eternal life. For what you counted as your opinion to rule, he counted as satanic exaltation of the only good. Jezebel, hands, feet, and head. Tell me, man, was Christ's head signified in the crucifixion? Yes. Was his hands nailed to the cross? Yes. Were his feet nailed down? Yes. And what did he say to Peter about washing of the feet? You don't know what this means right now, but later you will. It means 
You lay down your life so your wife walks over and doesn't even get her feet dirty. The ten hordes of the dragon. Why does it chase the woman? Why is it not the man, the father with his child? Because the father is not given the child. The mother is. When Moses is told to go back to Israel in Egypt, he is told by God to tell them, tell them the God of their fathers, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, tell them that's who sends you. Before he tells them who he is, Moses, he says, tell them the God of your father sends you. He says, and what if they ask his name? Whose name? The fathers or God's? They're one and the same, man. They're one and the same. If you don't know who your founders, your fathers, your saints, your apostles, your prophets, if you don't know who they are, what they've done, you don't know your God. Period. You know nothing of what he calls you to be as a father, as a man, as a brother. For faithful fathers carry the words of their faithful fathers. It is a bread trail through hell to get to where you are. And in order to keep it, you must carry these words. That's why you find today adultery run rampant and nobody knows their covenants. Because covenants are the words of faithful fathers. That's what they die for. It's what they fight for. And when you have fathers rising up, not caring where they come from, wiping their mouth, saying, I don't have to do that. I don't have to learn that. I have to what? Pay my bills. Get me a car. Buy me a house. Go to school. Well, all of those things are for you and not for your sons after you. Those things are for your pleasure, your profit, your gain, and not your sons. Who leaves nothing for their sons? You. You are leaving nothing for your sons. You're leaving them your credit score. You're leaving them your job fidelity. And you're leaving them nothing of what was handed you in a chain link of faith, suffering, blood, fidelity. This is what Moses gets his son and he doesn't even get to see it. This is why God chose Moses. This is why he told the story like he did through Moses. Moses is the mantle of a father 
that guides his sons through hell and never gets to see heaven. He just gets them to the promised land. He doesn't turn to serve men in slavery obedience. He serves God to get his son free. So when God sends them back to Egypt, that is Egypt, that is Mom Fees Memphis, that is denial. You know how they deny all? That is fair owe. It's fair that you owe. It's how they do pyramid. Fear amid all things. They cast their fears. It's how they turn the river's blood to force adultery and war. And then the frogs, the cussed toadies pop up. Toads, rip it, rip it, croak, croak. They get everywhere. This is what Moses has to bring his sons out of. And he has to give God everything he has. This is why Christ says, I only do that which I see the Father do. That's what he's seen done through Elijah and Moses. It's how God was speaking to him through these. This is what every father must be willing to do, or he is not a father with God. If you will not lay down your life for your son's benefit, then you are not with God. Now, I don't know any father that sees it like that, except for really me, but I didn't learn that till recently. These things are learned. You're not born with these, because you're born in rebellion. You gotta start from the bottom up. That's why Franklin divides the serpent, because they're already divided up. It's what God does. Now the problem with this is people will hold to their idols. They'd rather hold their divorce decree over Holy Scripture and say they're godly. They cannot be. This is not a debate. They are not with God. The purple garment, the family, is sown from the top down. That which God unites on earth was already united in heaven. And then you go to tear it apart. Thus, tear asunder. It means you'll be killed and burned in hell. Because you held up a divorce, a custody, a remarriage against God. This is why it says... Sarah called Abraham Lord. That was what Eve was to do when she heard Adam give her the command. Well, this is why David writes for the woman, my Lord God said to my Lord, sit thou at my right hand while I make thine enemies thy footstool. That means they've come for the dominion. Genesis 1.26 that means they've cowardly decided to conspire to kill the parent, to stand high on a tower 
and throw themselves down from for their works. Oh, themselves is themselves. For the wife and the husband are one and the same. So they throw their spouse down. They throw themselves down. Thus you can see the satanic move. You can see Eve goes to do it to Adam. And then Adam adheres. He panics. He moves against God's word. This is the time and the time that the devil gets. So you get to mess it up bad, mess it up bad, and then you better repent. Because as the beginning, so too will be the end. Your God, Father, is without, without a shadow of turning. He doesn't move. If he moved, there could be no prodigal son. If he moved, there could be no return. If he wasn't a covenantal God, no one would know where to find him. He wouldn't be the faithful father, a nail steadfast set. You have been enchanted, bewitched. You have been misled to who your God is. You'll notice the pattern. He let you run your mouth. He let you talk your shit. He let you boast. But I have come to tell you how wrong you are. And when it is revealed that my words are true, for they are 100% sound with all Holy Scripture, with all your national covenant, you know God will be righteous. His judgment is just, and you're gonna wanna come for mercy. It is once said, about Psyche, Uriel. These are two sisters. Well, Uriel judges the gods for taking Psyche, her sister. Well, when it's, her life is up and it's time to pass, she has to go before her judgment and answer to what she has done and said. She says to her teacher that's taking her there, the fox, Mr. Fox. What is it I can expect? Are they going to be just? No, Uriel. The last thing you can expect is justice. For if that's what you got, they would already have thrown you in hellfire. You can rest assured justice is what you will not get. For you'd already be burning in hell. Mercy! You can expect. How merciful? I don't know. It is well said, justice is when we get what we deserve, and mercy is when we get what we don't deserve. I suggest you come for what you don't deserve. Now that might be 
a little different than your opinion is used to. For I find most of you think you're something, yet I find all of you nothing. I have yet to find one that will hold the kindergarten class role under death. I have yet to find one that will hold the covenant through all things. I'm the only I've found. I have four who are in question out of all that I've met in this country. And I met plenty in this country. From penthouse to prison to battlefield. Four, four men. Solomon says one in a thousand are faithful men. Amongst women, I found none. God has though. Maccabees mama. There's St. Catherine, Joan of Arc. It's not too many, but they're there. Martha, a wife of a field artilleryman in the revolution. They're few, but they're there. We are a nation. And our nation is at war with itself in denial. God lets you do your wickedness brother to brother so that you sift them out. You'll have one repent, one will stay doing the wicked. He'll then prove it again not to do wickedness and how he's going to judge. Then there's the half a time. You love sports. Well, this halftime, it's game over. The night and the day were the first day. Well, when that sun rises, it's over for all evil. The purging begins. And the only ones that will live that are evil is the 1%. And that's only to leaven the next bunch so that the same thing is repeated. Because a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. And he will save a small 1% to get through, to go with the others, so that they get leavened again, so that he does this again. This is called the harvest. This is called the reaping. This is called the day of visitation, trial for a nation, for a nation is one house. One house is one people. A one people is whom God has come to harvest. He will throw the chaff into the fire and he will gather the wheat into the barn. Now most of your life today, you've been taught that bills are life. If you hold to this philosophy, you are certainly going to the fire. There are many ways you could view your life. God will not accept the answer that you serve that which other men make. He will not share his glory. You were made by God. And if you think your answer that serving a job, buying a house, getting a degree will stand, you might want to go look back in history. You'll find none of those exist. But that's what they've done forever. Exactly. How does none of that 
exist? Where is the record? It's gone. God will not share his glory. You're already dead. You must arise from your slumber. You must put on the truth that much blood life offering was given for you to be free, not to serve bills above. He's called the Lord of Flies. Shit flies, technically. Because he buzz, buzz, busy, busy, busy bills, busy bills. He's always annoying, always saying you gotta do. That's Pharaoh in Egypt that Moses has to go visit. It's your mama. Because when you're dealing with the men, you're not. You're dealing with men that do mama's opinion. It's mama because men won't be men. Not because mama. Mama's always going to do mama. There's an old song. Well, not old, but it goes. Mama won't wake for no shouting. That's right. She ain't going to wake for no shouting. You could tell her all day what she needs to do. She ain't going to do it. She is made to resist you, to test you, to see if you will be a man on your own, to see if you will answer as a man to God. You want to honor your mother? Fear God alone. You think I am playing, I am not. Your God is going to demand this of you. You were not made to obey your mother as a man. This is why when Moses comes back, there's no asking his mother. Only his brothers are counted. Why doesn't he ask his mama? Because he's not a boy. This is why Eve, when she birthed Set, says, the Lord has given me a man child. A man is a child to God and no one else. This is why Christ, when he's 12, he adheres to his mother's word. Get your ass home. And he goes, where have you been about my father's business? You know that. Get your ass home. And he goes. He's about his father, but he adheres to his mother because she has authority. He comes back at 30, baptizes, which is what Joshua does when he goes in the land. Baptism is an acceptance of a mission unto death. What it means. In the Hebrew, old Jewish tradition, technically in the ancient world, for baptism was before the Jew, 
The tradition is this. If you're a man around 30, that's when you become a man. You go past your first boy's life, 29 and a half, and then Saturn finishes its rotation. That's one life. You, you were a child. Now you're a man child to God. And you're a man to the world. That's why most wives are 10 years younger than the men, because they mature much faster than us. And when they're looking for that faithful man, well, we're still being boys. That's why they like to marry us young. When they tear you apart to make you slaves. So that way the wife goes cold. By the time you're in your 30s, she'll part from you. It wrecks families. But the number one goal of a father to a daughter is to see that she gets a man of understanding. She marries a man of understanding. That way, in case she mutilates her body, her beauty fades from her birthing, well then, he still won't leave her. He'll love her faithfully, because he's under one God. That's what the father's to do for his daughter. He's to make sure that she gets a man that will never put her away, go to marry another. This binds families together. For if you go to drop my daughter, I show up at your daddy's door and I say, hey, what the shit? Well, me and your daddy go get your ass and bring you back and put you back where you need to be. For you swore to death in God's name. And you're to be a covering to the woman unto death. You're not to seek your own. Until you know adultery cannot be godly, ever. Because that would be the man fornicating. That is, he would be in idolatry looking for better and not dying as a covering. To where Adam fell, to where Christ excelled. That's how we're brought blameless before God. Because we're a bride, and our husband seeks not his own. He only seeks to bring you blameless before God. That's how you know adultery can never be godly. You must repent from the account. You must turn back. For if he moves, if he moves, all of it's gone. He cannot move. He must wait there faithfully. If he moves, what hope is there when families are torn apart? And if you don't hope for family, what do you hope for? Adultery? Kidnapping? Custody? There is only one God, and he ain't moving. What will you tell the children, that they are toads? You're not a prince. You don't come from a royal family that stays faithful through all of it. You have no parents of wisdom that reproof, take rebuke and reproof and move to the right. Shall he tell them this? No, he will not. Ever. 
But that's why God does one father. In case the men actually think they could say that shit, they're not even accounted. That's why Abraham gets his father status. Because he repents from his adultery three times. Sarah too, but Sarah's not even accounted. As she said, Abraham, this sin be on your head. Remember Jezebel? Her head, her hands, and her feet. Abraham, this sin be on your head. That she talked him into? That she led him to? That she made happen? Yes! God is not going to take any other answer. When God gives you his daughter and anything go right, he is not going to her. He is going to the man he gave his daughter to. And if that answer is not forgive her, she knows not what she does, right here, I wait on you. Then you'll die in hell for eternity. For you counted the Lord God our Father slack and righteous. What? Who has heard? You hear everybody pop up their mouth at how unrighteous God is, how unjust, how unfair. Is he unfair? Where do you find this other than your current generation? It's gone. They're erased. And those that you do see are nothing but highlights for the saints. God is not ever mocked. Look through history and you'll see. He will demand you answer as a man. He will punish the women. He will correct them, but he will never, ever blame them. Because the head, the hands, and the feet are of men. The mom fees, the Memphis, the Pharaoh, these are the idolatry enchanted witchcraft that are done on you as a boy by your mothers. So they can build up false ass men to play their games. Inky. Samaria, little dude. They like to lie to you in little ways to take your mind. Levers, pulleys, to shame and disgrace you. If you ever go against and stand on your own. Well, I got news for you, man. That's only allotted for a time to find out which one of you will be men.
and then it is like a cobweb it is nothing exactly what it is only allowed to have power over you while you're a liar and then the power is removed and then you see yourself and then God leaves your choice it's why you get to be reborn for your rebirth is your choice no one can prevent it they can salt it season it take you for a time but only that power given by god for a time everybody will be given that option to be reborn and you're only put under it to learn it to learn how women would rule in collaboration with others, outsiders, holding no covenantal blood, holding no standard, moving with the sway and the winds and the emotions. Like you are found in this country today being ruled. Mama is great with her opinion in the house. That is supremely designed for children and it does excellent. But when you speak national covenant, that is death to all. You must have standard. And if you don't have a standard, you're a liar. Caught doing witchcraft, play things. Venom spitting. You think it's cute to hold down the unsuspecting. You think you're something when you know you're standing on nothing. For a time, a time, and half a time. Jacob is on his way back for God has called him back home. Esau has sworn to kill him, his brother. Well, Esau has prospered. He's pretty much receiving the firstborn inheritance, which Jacob supposedly stole from him as a child. This was to show that they could run their mouth all day long. It's God that will decide. So Esau, having all his firstborn dead, when Jacob comes home, he's not mad at him at all. But Esau, getting overexcited, doesn't know how Jacob's going to react. He mounts up all of his troop to go meet his brother, whom he can't wait to see. Well, Jacob sees his brother. And his words are, Behold, I see the host of the Lord. It means God has come to kill me. It means God called me back to see if I would man up or flee. Gentlemen, you're now at this time. You'll either hold up your divorce, idle decrees, and keep the Holy Scripture in disrespect or you will pick up 
the supreme authority over all idols on this earth, your holy scripture, and put down your lying divorce decree. For both of them cannot coexist. One is true, one is not. One is accurate, and one is your goddamn betraying lie. You will decide as men, and God is not going to ask your mama or your adulterous wife. He is going to make you answer. You, will you condemn me to justify you, says the Lord. Will you? Is God wrong when he unites a people, a marriage? Is he? Or will you cast lots? Nay, will you continue casting lots? Who has a lot of money, you can have that wife and kid. She'll change her son's name for you. You have so much. Or, who has a lot of tits and ass, you can have this daddy and kid. He'll teach his daughter his mother's no good. We're all found doing it. We won't all be found keep doing it. That is the purple garment. Now, we're all found putting new wine into the old wine skin of the children's heart, soul, and mind. That's their skin. It's their names. It's their parents who made them. Now, are you going to pour out their old wine and put in some new wine to watch them burst with ignorance? What do you think he meant by these things? Did thou never set it to heart to ask him? That's what he meant. Comes right after the fasting. For the Pharisees and John's disciples, they fast all the time, but yours don't. That's because he has the bride. And the bridegroom, they're with each other. But when you remove one of these, the bride or the bridegroom, they will then fast. It means they'll become eunuch. They won't do adultery. They'll trust God. They'll be faithful. They won't teach their children that their parent is worthy to throw away. But they'll teach them they're worthy to keep unto death to trust God. They will be royalty for no king and no queen ever told their prince or princess that their parent was worth throwing away to remarry another. They teach their children they come from royal bloodline. Christ 
the only one that ever gave that answer 100% all the way through. Only one. He is the first forerunner of many brothers to come. So he's known as the first reborn from the dead. It's because that was the curse. That's how Eve joined the devil. But God didn't care. Adam was sat here. All right, she fell. So cover her, husband. Oh no, it's her fault and mine forgiving her. Okay. Then the hell with you. That was the time. And this time we have been found guilty. Now you have half a time to be reborn. Like Jacob, you must put your wife, your children, and all that you have on his altar. And you must look to all your sin and wrestle yourself. And you must hold on to God alone and the truth that he designed. Because if you think your word is going to stand, I call you again to common sense. For I have no way to perceive the future but by the past. And experience has shown that God erases all of them. Go look. Where's the bill paying job working degree? Because it's been university from the very beginning. It's Babylon. It's the secret religion in Egypt. It's how they create aristocracy. By degrees you can't afford, dipshits. Wizard of Oz, go break roads. They fool you into thinking they, they can sell you wisdom. Look to the past, where are they? They're erased. Erased. You're not allowed to oppose him. He will allot you a time. And you will know you're on that half a time when you go for the mother over the child. It's why that happened in the 60s. The day God made man and woman. Six represents woman. When you think you can rule over the mother, you're on your half time. You don't have long left. The act is at the root. You think you are greater than God who gives her that child? She dies and you have an opinion? So your hands of your works in your mind, you're greater than God and the woman that died to bring them in? Do you see your ignorance? Your infidel arrogance? You paid nothing. You built up a lie. An idol. And you will find it is nothing but pure 
and kindle for the holy fire. It is the destruction of every nation. Every nation. God is not going to leave the widow out. God has told you this time and again. He will defend the plea of the widow and the fatherless. And you're found making sons fatherless. It's a past time game of ignorance. And then telling the boys it's good. It is not good. It is evil. That is your worst enemy, boys. The same worst enemy of your father is your worst enemy, boys. Any man that takes a son from a father and tells that son it is good, bring me these men, for I find they do nothing but hide. The number one effect of warfare is the stealing of children and the removal of wives. Sleeping with the enemy to kill your son's future. Your name is shit, boy. Your son should be taken from you when you grow up. Really? You ever heard of Prima Noctra? It's where the English royal right was asleep with the wives on the first night so they could breed out the Scots. You know, outlaw bagging pipes. Like we have to dance. Prima Noctra was this. Post-Noctra is what we have today. That's where they, if the wife changed the son's name, when the man gets back from war, and the press against the wall is to kill you all. So says God, I will kill everyone that pisses against the wall. You mothers go to roll your sons, says the Lord. In morality from the couch, your men of war, ignorant, says God. You want to know if they're immoral? They kill. They're immoral. For you. From your couch. You open your mouth. You know why it doesn't say you father? Because they're erased. Your sons are being taught it's okay their parents, their fathers are removed and replaced. They are sad and depressed 
ripped apart when they're taken. For the hero, their god, the most pungent one in their life, is removed. And they're put in a stranger's land where they cannot open their mouth. For the father who is chastising has instilled in them absolute discipline. And so they expect this other man to be him. He is not. And then they change his name, keep him silent, beat him down. So that he comes back mad at his father. Thinking it's good they took him away. So they get him to be Reuben. So that he loses all of his blessings from God. For he speaks against his father. Whom he is never to open his mouth about. If you disagree, you put your hoop. Shut your mouth! How much more when the father is a man of war? Who pisses against the wall? Ignorant, arrogant cunts on this! And if the men of war turn to their work of their hand, shall they take all that you have? Will you stand in the day of works versus works? No! No, you won't. Because God will be on their side. You will find your strength short. They teach sons to piss against the wall. They remove the fathers. So like God tells Moses, tell them the God of their fathers. What is his name, says Moses. Who? God or the fathers? They're one and the same. You can notice that by today. They know neither of their fathers, the covenants, and therefore they got some pretend, adulterous, offend them, God. God has never had a servant who put away and remarried another. The God of your covenant, of your nation, is the God of your youth who guided you to your marriage. They are one and the same. To say that the God that guided you to a marriage gave you your children is no damn good is to say the God of your nation is no damn good. Hence, why you have presence and no freedom. Because you're blasphemous at Had an opinion because the work of your ten horned hands. You don't honor the blood of your fathers who fought, died to get you here. 
You won't honor the blood of your mother who died to birth you. Thus, you won't honor the blood of your wife who birthed your kid. They're all one. This is called the forcing of the course of the river. It's where they teach fathers it's okay to swear and not go to death. It's not. You're gonna burn in hell if you don't repent. Those are daughters of the great king. All the women are going to heaven. You men are gonna go to hell. Cause your God is that righteous. A father has never suffered to punish a daughter as such. And if she be married, it is only the husband he is going to go to. It is the same that men stand up to get in between a woman at a bar and a man that's mad at her. It's the same as a brother and sister on a playground and the brother doesn't let nobody pick on his sister. It's the same, except it's magnified infinitely by God. You see this at the crucifixion. You see this with Moses. And all them years, torment, the 42 years in the desert, and then he dies and doesn't even go in. He rejoices. His sons go in. The son is the father, the father is the son. How you love the father, you love the son. For they are one. How you honor the father, you honor the son. That's why they slander your father's sons. They slander you. Ask what these stepdaddies are building you sons. It's easier to take your kids if your wife if they are not for family, what do they work for? An adultery custody is not family. It's idolatry. For the wine skin has old wine from the parents. So to fill it with new wine is to burst the kid. Mommy walking dead. Egypt, it's to make them rebirth under death to be ignorant. For the sons are taught mama changing their name could be good. You don't get to question your mother. She died 
You can never pay her back. But you must, as a man, see the coward-ass Slytherin men that are coming for your wife and your kid. How you must hedge protection around them. Solomon says, whoever cuts the kid in half cannot be the real parent. They are found in cohesive units, cutting your kids in half. They are goddamn ignorant fools. Anyone that ever removes a parent from a child hates that child, hates God who made that child. What shall you fill that child with? New wine. Into old wine skin? What shall you fill that child with? Everything opposite of what they were taught since they were born? So upside down world? And who in the world do you know that teaches a child to disobey and dishonor their mother and father? Adulterers! Who invoke the evil one, as Christ told you. They don't do it once, they do it twice. They do it three times. You know a tree by its fruit. Do you not? Do you think these men of valor? When a father passes, it's as though he does not pass because he leaves one like himself behind. An enemy to his enemy, an ally to his allies. The worst enemy of the son is the father's worst enemy. Why is mother sleeping with father and son's worst enemy? Did you not read of Adam and Eve? Did you not see the woman? What better way to test you? As I began this sermon, you're going to find his workings are perfect for trying, proving, and revealing your heart. If your wife in her youth dies to bring in your son and then works with outsiders to betray you and steal the son away, have you, as the man, yet died like her? No, you haven't. Not without the shedding of blood. 
He is the first forerunner of many brothers to come. So that her and her ignorant evil sin has provided two ways. One, you can adhere to the woman and go to adultery and get your own. But I've already told you what Christ has told you. As the beginning, so too shall be the end. If you are found not adhering to God, you better prepare for the next level down. That's hell. You're at the gate. You get to make your pick. And when you do that, when you make that pick and you don't adhere to God, it's hell you go. As the beginning, so too shall be the end. How's it going, gentlemen? Y'all doing all right? Better than I deserve, I know that. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Especially when you felt as bad as me. <laughs> That's how you learn the inside out. So, when you get that choice, that's what the mother with the son working with outsiders still from you has provided. God has already had her give her life offering. You promised to go to death in his name. You know what Christ did. It's finished. No excuse. As he does you, guess what you are to do too. So then you have a balance. And if the weight is not just, to hell you go. If she already died, what are you to do? Tell me, what were you saved from? He saved you, right? You claim to be Christian? What is a Christian? You ought to know this, shouldn't you? What are you saved from? Lying? Adultery? Blasphemy? Sacrilege? What are you saved from? It's supposed to be condemnation. But in order to have that, you have to be willing to give it. Or you have to give to get. Those that get mercy receive it. Those that are covered, cover. Those that are forgiven, forgive. Now, you can see how a nation falls and crumbles because the sons only do that which they see the fathers do. And if their fathers do goddamn adultery, that's what they will do too. You're called to fidelity, man. Women follow absolute fidelity. That's what all of them want at the bottom of their heart. They go cold and they see the world isn't so. 
All that they've known is in this, so they turn to gold and idols to cover up. But the idol fig leaf, fig leaf, covers. They cover it up with the gold and the idol because they don't want to show their hearts is craving absolute fidelity. Because they don't think they'll ever get it. Children crave truth. They love it. They, they can't get enough of it. They, they, they think everybody that talks to them is true. They search for it. They seek it. They fill up with it, you see. And men, men crave courage. They seek it. They miss it when it's gone. They long and depress when it's gone. But when it's around, they love it. They follow it. Christ is the most courageous, truthful, faithful the world has ever known. The Father alone beats him. Holy Spirit wisdom his mother does, but we don't speak of her in such accounts because we don't call mothers to come die. We do, the sons and the fathers. As Jacob wrestled, the shadow kept telling him, the dark figure he wrestled, the sun is coming up. Let me go. I've got to go. The sun is rising. That's the half a day. That's not, if you don't get reborn, Jacob, you die and go to hell. That's why Jacob holds on so tight. No matter what the pain, he holds fast. Hosea 6.6, Christ says, it is mercy that I require. Go and learn what this means. I did. Hosea 6.6 In his steadfast loyalty it is mercy and the knowledge of God that God requires and not sacrifice not holocaust that means not your jobs not your attendance, not your words not your idols, not your show not shit, but faith follow and forget cover Bring my daughters blameless. All godly brides are blameless before God. That's how Christ brings you blameless. You're a bride. That's how you learn to be like the woman. And then you learn to be the man to cover her the same he covers you. When Jacob is holding on to God, he said all on the on the altar, sending it to his brother. Hopefully, he sent it to man. If he attacks the first man, you guys run off. Maybe you'll live. But he, he doesn't run from God. This 
is demonstrated when the disciples are following Christ to Jerusalem on the trip, and they say to him, Lord, we ought that you do everything we want you to. And he means we don't want to suffer. We want to change your name. We want to decide how this goes. Well, anybody that is broken and saved does not find on earth except for one thing. God from heaven decides. Who gets caught eating the fruits, break and repent, and then turn back to decide for themselves again? The liars who were never saved. And they say, bind on earth and heaven, the only answer better be, Lord, you decide. Or you're going straight to hell for eating the fruit again. Jacob holds on. The shadow self he's wrestling manifested up by God's will represents you. And your old self will do anything not to suffer. Clearly we will throw away our own wives, step on children not ours. Never learn our covenants and serve as slaves before we suffer. As God has called us to do faithful. Not that you will, but you have to be willing to. Not that he will crucify you, but you have to be willing that he does. Or you're not worthy. For you know not what his worth is. You have no trust. And it is better he kill you. Because if not, then you'll live a long life of torments. And every saint will tell you it's better you die young and he kill you. Because being an old man like John on Patmos, that shit hurts. So he wrestles him and won't let go. That's why when he says, what is your name? Jacob has to reply, I'm Jacob, Jacob, a liar, a sinner, a daughter, a fornicator, thief, liar, murderer. I'm a man. I'm a man. Says, what is your name? Says, why do you ask me my name? Most people don't know why he says that. It's because it's him. Why do you ask me my name? I'm you. I'm you, Jacob. Why would you ask my name? But your name is no longer Jacob. Your name is now Yisrael. For you wrestled yourself. Man, you came to your end of your ways. You decided to stop lying and stealing and killing. You decided you'll never tell another lie as long as you live on purpose. You decided to let God be God and you let him make you. So now you have power from heaven, from God, on earth, amongst men. And your name forever shall be Yisrael. Now let me go, for the sun rises.
Get it? That's the halftime. The night and the day were the first day. The devil gets a day, a time, a night and a day. The devil gets a time. That's two times, one night and day. That's your womb and birth and then your, your life and then rebirth. It can be measured in many different ways. But he gets a time, a time, and half a time. Why the half a time? Because God is a man, a father, the father of fathers. He has the man's heart, faithful, true. His word is solid. He will not get to three. You'll know your nation's on judgment time trial when you're rolling three. For it was three in Egypt, Osiris, Isis, and Horus. It was three in India, Mesna, Mithra, and Krishna. It was three in Babylon, Nimrod, Ishtar, and Nimrod. Yeah, no, no uh, Nimrod, Ishtar, and Tammuz. These trinity schemes pop up when your nation is about to be destroyed. The rainbow also pops up around this time. Adultery pops up around this time. Goddamn ignorance breaking of the covenant of your fathers pops up at this time. But you get a time, a time, and half the time. God will correct you in the first as the father. He'll correct you in the second Mother's not always clear. Let me make this clear. If you don't do it, I'm going to destroy you. And then the half the time. So you get to insult the father. You get to insult the son. But you don't get to approach the mother. So the Dr. Agon, D-R-A-G-O-N, Dr. Agon Duragon will manifest around this time. Draco from the north. Tails, you'll always be divided up by Hydra. Everybody will be a zodiacal animal working like a, an asp with fetters on him and, and he plows whatever man tells him to and he'll count this life because he's that dumb. This is Hydra's tail. Women will refuse righteous men. Righteous will be killed and slain, thrown into prison. Covenants will be broke. Men will be ignorant. Never to answer with heart and mind. But only to stupid shit. Jobs they'll quit next month. They'll do every evil for. Nothing of their father's covenant. For their fathers were removed. They don't know their fathers. They don't know their God of their fathers. But they all claim to be sons of God. They are mean to the foreigners. They eat them up. And so they are not to be foreigners on God's shore. You're there with God. They say it's fair that you owe, fair that you owe. Don't be lazy with God, repeating Pharaoh from Exodus 5. They conspire to destroy you on holy days, doing the most wicked witchcraft shit you ever knew. They do any Philistine Nephilim giants to make rich giants. 
bring children to Christ that he might touch them. Well, John went trapped to run in. And these are their men. They're good men. They don't do these things that whatever they run. They're good men or bills pairs. Never ever touch children. I killed them. You kitty effers are saints to me. If you're for family, you're for family. If you're not, you're for idolatry. Adultery. Toad making witchcraft factories. That's why Moses gives everything. To get his sons out of such shit. To get him across the Jordan. He just wants to get him to the Jordan. Lord, 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 let me just see my son not be left in shit. That's how everyone should be at today. As Enoch says, women are going home. Christ doesn't talk about it because he's just that manly. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You seen what I did, all that man stuff? And you thought, what? I was going to throw a woman in hell? Holy shit, you didn't pay attention at all. You thought your God was unrighteous? You don't know shit. His name is holy. He is supreme in judgment. And he does not blame sheep for the fault of shepherds. For no woman can do evil without the feet and the hands and the head of men given over to them. You men will go to hell. The women are easily feared. Beguiled and moved. But you men know the truth and you know there's a supreme judge who will judge you for everything? Who is most faith, steadfast, but you would rather what? Exactly why you go to hell. A time, a time, and half a time. We are in that half time. I don't know where at. All I know is if you don't repent, watch these women eat their children for their greed and then you will be dealt with the same as he's always done you men will be carried out and slaughtered and then thrown into hell and the women will be reseated carrying on by the new men that take them over and they will have seen your correction and then we'll begin the Moses trip again then we'll move into a new nation. And then we'll move into an Elijah correction. And if they don't repent, they'll watch their wives and their children for their reason. If they allow that axe to continue at the root, it's the same thing over and over. 
told with different people, different soul, different things. Same story. As the beginning, so too will be the end. You'll be found adhering to God and because you know his words are true and right. And your fathers that made your bill of rights and your, their fathers who made the Ten Commands with God, well, God made them, handed them to them. Who got you all this is in one law, the truth of one true God. That is the declarational covenant handed to you. You son of a bitch's rolling trinity better shut your blasphemous, treasonous mouth. Your game playing ashes. It's in our declaration. It's in our oath. It's in our marriage covenant oath. And so to make it three is to mock everyone in the oath. And everyone that founded this nation. Nowhere in the scripture and none of your fathers have ever told you that stupid shit. You're in a nation in a covenant to one God. Read your declaration. To move your God. Read the scriptures. Who? Who changes their God? My people. My ignorant ass people. For them that are no God at all. You and your faithful father will have the words of your faithful father. For your sons to be faithful fathers. If you're not doing it, I pray you do. And that he strengthen you. You're a man. Answer as a man. Play you the man. Be you the man. Because you know at the end of your life, that's the only answer you're going to want to give is faithful. Repent too. If you're already doing it, may the Lord bless you. God, how hard is it to be the first? Thank God we're not patriarchs though. We have some guide to go off of. And you that never will, hurry your ass to hell before you hurt anyone else.